Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. My name is Neil Grogan here with Matthew Statler. And, you know, it has been an interesting summer, Matt. It has busy and it's been so busy. <laughs> and all sorts of bizarrenesses. I know. I feel like I've uh, spent uh, so much time gone this year, you know, or this summer specifically. It's been really ramped up, you know, uh, with Mighty Oaks and with, you know, just family visiting, kids' birthdays. I have like three of them born in the summer, so it's just it's a it's a madhouse all yeah, the time. So let, let, feel- let me let me tell you ours. So we have one in April. I'm uh-huh. in May. We have two. No, we don't have any in June. We have two in July, and we have one in August. Yeah, do, 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 do. and we have one in January. You ever, you ever feel like you just might have blown all the air out of your lungs, blown up balloons for birthday parties? Yep, every time. We actually we have like a banner that we just leave up now in the kitchen. <laughs> it just says "Happy Birthday," and it just stays up there. <laughs> Uh, but hey, you know what uh, birthdays do though? What? They tend to cause financial stress, don't That's they? That's true. They sure do, especially when you feel like you got to keep up with the neighbors' kids. Uh, you have to. I don't. I don't feel that. Well, you got to <laughs> worship at the same uh, cultural altar. The same cultural altar. That's good. Which kind of makes me think about um, our subject matter for the the day uh the church at thyatira we are continuing our series through the seven churches uh in revelation and you know as we've discussed many times jesus um writes a letter essentially to each of these churches um starting with kind of an intro statement about himself uh usually a um, statement of commendation statement of criticism and an exhortation. And he does that again with the church in Thyatira. But Thyatira is specifically pretty interesting um, in itself because it's not like some crazy um, capital seat or, you know, massive city, is it? No, it's it's, it's a smaller one. You, you know better than me because you got to walk around in the dirt with it. Um, what <laughs> actually, you know, you know, to be honest, it's, it's in the middle of a new city that's been oh. built on top. And so there's, there's not much there. I mean, it's maybe less than a block of an ancient city left. Is it near so. any water sources? Cause it doesn't look like it on the, uh, the map that I have here. No, it's, uh, well, I mean, relatively. So it's. It's south, uh, what would that be, southeast of Pergamum, so it's it's a little inland, but, you know, they can get to the Aegean Sea in less than a day's time, so. You know, Neil, what I've been really enjoying about the series so far is, like, the practicality um, of the Book of Hmm. Revelation. You know, so often we get caught up in um, all the the theories of tribulation and and, uh, rapture and all that stuff. And I think we we miss um, just how practical it is. And and Thyatira, as we're we're discussing, we're knowing the background a little bit. Uh, you were talking about its location, but what's so interesting mm-hmm. to me 
is where it starts to talk about um, the son of God whose eyes are like a fiery flame and whose feet are like fine bronze. Um, as we were doing some so research, that, that's Jesus's intro statement, yeah. right? He's like, Hey, check me out. I got this. And I'm the, we've I'm the that, son of God. <laughs> and, and you know, every time we see him introduce himself, that has something to do with later on in his message to that church. Um, right. What are some of the things as you um, have heard about this, this yeah. particular picture? So, Yeah, so, I mean, people obviously debate on what the different symbols mean, um, but I'm I'm pretty confident that the these are representative of kind of like a something Christ can do or has or is worthy of. And so the eyes of fire, I think, represent um, this purifying fire that he sees um, the heart. He knows the church in depth. And what leads me to believe that is in verse 23, he says, um, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and the heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. So there's this purifying element of Jesus. He sees right through into our hearts. He knows he, he lays us bare. We can't, <laughs> we're exposed, right? But the, the bronze or feet uh, statement the burnished bronze, um, I think, is a kind of a picture of glory and power um, that Christ is walking forward in power and in glory, and um, and so it's really a <clears throat> excuse me, it's really a statement about number one is he sees all he he pierces through we're laid bare before him, but not only that he sees with power right. He's, and he's, he's God. walking with authority as God. Yeah. Because he says, I am the one who examines minds and hearts, and I will give to each of you according to your works. And we know in the Psalms, they talk about God that way. And Jeremiah, uh, God yeah. is referred to as that way. It's just another confirmation um, that Jesus mm-hmm. is God. And so uh, I, I find that very interesting. So you said that Thyatira, you, when you went there, it was within um, a city, a modern city, I'm assuming. Right. Um, anything stand out about the area or about the um, saw the ruins or anything? Honestly, not particularly. I mean, it's just, there's just not much there. But um, when you're sitting in the midst of the city, you kind of can get catch the feel of of workmanship if you will and so in ancient times we know that thyatira is an infamous city specifically for their ability to dye clothes they've they um dye all of these different uh all this different clothing in the color purple which is not something super done back in this time i mean romans would travel here just to buy their their clothes. <clears throat> it's a, it's a really big deal, but what's even more fascinating than, Hey, we have a bunch of people who make clothes, right? right. <laughs> Is that these artisans are all a part of, um, what's called a guild. And, uh, if you've ever played, um, video games like, uh, well, what's the, the big one that was, 
Oh man, World of Warcraft. That's it. I think they had a bunch of like guilds you're a part of. I never played it, but I used to watch other Marines play it all the time religiously. Uh, but yeah, there's all these different guilds for different artisan groups. So like, if you could imagine a craftsman, right? So if you're a blacksmith, you're going to be a part of this guild of blacksmiths. If you're a um, clothing producer or maker artisan. You're a part of the guild um, that makes up that group. A butcher, same thing, right? So any kind of trade, you're a, you're attached to a guild. It's how this city is um, built. And they the god of the city is Apollo. And um, essentially, if you wanted to do trade here, um, you had to be a part of a guild. And so being a part of a guild means you're a part of something that's not just Christians, right? It's, it's all of all Romans. And so, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like a workers union. um, Yeah, a little bit. It has some protections. It has um, Mm -hmm. some, some, you know, kind of maybe dues even, and uh, helps you get jobs, but it's kind of like an MOS too, or a, a military occupational specialty. Um, yeah. you know, as a, as a cavalry scout, I was a, a cavalryman, right. As a, as a tanker, they got tankers that are, you know, proud of being tankers and, um, infantrymen were proud of being infantrymen. And so we each kind of have our own, um, ethos. specialty, yeah, specialty yeah. ethos. And, uh, and, you know, even, even in the, the lore of the cavalrymen, there's a, a place called Fiddler's Green, right. And, there's a whole poem halfway down a trail to hell in a uh, shady meadow green with where all the Calvary troopers are. Right. And these Calvary troopers, they don't go to hell, but they don't go to heaven. They're just in this halfway place. And, you know, there's this, all this kind of mentality and ethos behind, you know, dying with your boots on and, and, you know, drain your canteen and shoot yourself in the head. That way they can't get any water from you and you die, you know, and, and just a bunch of weird stuff. But, but that- <laughs> for those of you not military background yeah. and none of that made sense. Uh, yeah. Think about like uh, maybe a, a teacher's union. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Think about a worker's union or a teacher's union. Yeah. But you have like uh, a kind of, um, you know, pride in your, your group and your abilities and your skills. Yeah. But at the same time, totally. it's it's work related too, right? Like you get money, um, mm-hmm. you get jobs, right? Especially, and you cannot make money unless you're a part of a guild. That's right. It's like it's you almost like having trade. insurance. Um, we were looking to do an addition uh, or you know add some stuff to our church, and one of the requirements was to get workers that had a um, had a type of insurance. In case mm-hmm. one of the workers got injured, right, and we wouldn't want to hire someone who didn't have that insurance. And so the same thing, if if I went to get you know clothing at the the purple dye dealer, I would want to right. make sure that it's approved um, by a, a guild. Right. Yeah. So yeah, almost kind of like uh, I'm trying to think. What's that website? Etsy. You ever heard of Etsy? It's basically a website where all these artisans who make homemade things sell their stuff online right but they have to have like this subscription or whatever to etsy i believe in order to you know will and deal there so so you have to like yeah totally yep same thing books some books now are not allowed on amazon because of um it goes against the cultural 
uh, wishes, right? And yep. so you're not allowed to sell your stuff on Amazon. You have to use a, an alternative uh, way. So yeah. which kind of leads yeah, so, to the, the problem, right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, Matt, just before we dive into that, that problem, you know, let me ask you this. What do you think one of the greatest stressors on a marriage or in a household is? Yeah, well, I mean, I think um, statistically we know it's it's money, it's finances. Yeah, uh, yeah. Financial struggles or stress. So I think all people have a, a desire for a security, right? like this blanket of security where they feel safe, where they feel covered, um, where they feel like they, their needs are being met. Right. And, and so it's not, it's not some sort of inherently wicked desire, uh, to want security, but when we are laying down or sacrificing our biblical ethic or ethos, um, for the sake of security provided by the world, um, that's not such a secure position that we would put ourselves in, which is herein lies our problem with the church in Thyatira. Um, we have, let me read it to you guys. Um, first, of course, we have this statement of commendation, verse 19. Of Revelation 2, it says, I know your works, your love, your faith and service and patient endurance and that your latter works exceed the, the first. So their service and patient endurance, they're patient people. They've been enduring. Uh, what have they been enduring? We'll find out here shortly. Um, and Jesus says, but I have this against you that you tolerate that woman, Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sick bed and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works and I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. So we have uh, this big statement of criticism going on here, right? Right. And what, Matt, what do you see in that text? What What is he calling out? What is he, what is he pointing to that the church in Thyatira is guilty of? Well, I mean, here it's kind of like a, it's almost like in code, right? Uh, you're mm-hmm. doing these works with this lady Jezebel uh, who calls herself a prophet. But we see um, sexual immorality and eating meat sacrificed to idols. But I think kind of having the code, the decoder ring, um, the Old Testament, we have uh, a little, we know a little bit about this lady Jezebel. We know, um, she married one of the wickedest kings in um, in Israel and led him to worship uh, foreign gods. So I mm-hmm. think um, the main thing is pointing out here is that people in this church in Thyatira are basically sinning by worshiping other idols. Um, essentially, is what it, it was what it looks like to me, um, which we know a little bit about 
the culture having a, they do like big feasts where they uh, commit sexual immorality with one another, uh, sleep together or whatever euphemism you want to use. And um, as part of their worship to their gods, which I think was probably a guild requirement um, for many of them. Yeah. So, yeah. So just some background on guilds. Um, They were infamous for having these guild parties. And at these parties, what they would do is eat meat that was sacrificed in this city to Apollo. But they would also engage in these large orgies. And this was a part of, you know, worship and community (laughs) for for your artisan group. But what's what's also interesting is um, this Jezebel, this this lady who claims to be a prophetess is saying and, and speaking something that's in direct contradiction to acts 15 in the council of Jerusalem. When the council of Jerusalem met to discuss these Gentiles who are being grafted in uh, to the family of God and what laws are required, uh, what do we, how do we navigate this? Right. The two laws that they said we must maintain is we must refrain from sexual immorality and refrain from eating meat sacrificed to idols or strangled and all of that. So the one, the two things, the two big things, right? (laughs) That, That the council of Jerusalem, that the church affirmed is these two things. And, what's happened here is someone saying, well, no, those we're, we're going to do it our own way. We're not, we're not going to do it within unity uh, with the whole church at large. Right. Yeah. So, so they're, they stand guilty here big time. And essentially what Jezebel, the, we're just going to call her that, even though that's probably not her name. Right. Right. Um, what she's, what she's teaching is, um, is this, and I think she's placating the fear. You're losing your jobs. You're unable to provide for your family because you're not engaging in these guild parties. And so you need to, you need to engage. God doesn't want you to uh, be unhappy. He wants you to thrive and be secure. So why don't you go ahead and eat that meat sacrifice to idols and practice sexual morality in these orgies because you know hey god wants you to be happy right and if you don't do this you're gonna not make money you're gonna not be able to trade in the city do you think there's any um implications for that that you see today matt yeah or struggles our culture has with it i i know that that some people would immediately jump um, to like CRT, uh, critical race theory type stuff. But, um, sure. and, and I see that as a threat, of course, it's a pot. I mean, anything can be used as a weapon. Uh, but primarily I think it's this, the homosexual agenda, um, mm. is, is, is a type of religion. And if you don't worship at the altar that they're worshiping at, then you mm. will be, um, forbidden from making cake. Uh, you'll be forbidden from uh, participating in these ways. You can't write books that may have a biblical view or a critical view um, of some celebrated 
uh, sin or even lifestyle. So when I, when I think about Thyatira, I think about, um, our society. What if, what if the, the pressure was added, right? What if Mm. you were told, um, if you go to church, you are not allowed to be a part of this guild or you can't work here. Uh, and there starts to become maybe more pressure and yeah. And then you can't feed your family, uh, with the income. You know, a lot of people have student loan debt. Like I, I think about my wife, right? She's a dental hygienist. She spent many years, uh, working, getting educated and she has loan student loan debt. What if her boss said, well, I heard that you're a Christian um, unless you stop going to church and stop being a Christian, you cannot uh, work here as a hygienist. In fact, we're going to get your license revoked. And, uh, you know, yeah. what if that becomes a thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, we even see that like with uh, the COVID stuff. We had the Samaritan's Purse putting up tents and stuff in uh, New York City and trying to be a hospital and to help. And people were coming at them saying, well, we, you can't use our, our church building because you're anti-homosexuality um, or you have a biblical view of this. And so the pressure will increase. I mean, the world hates us. We, we know this. And uh, I, I think about other countries where we don't have the protections that America has and uh, where many people have given up so much for the cause of Christ and uh, mm. let us not be those people who forsake Christ for a little comfort for a little bit of bread yeah. on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, it, it makes me think of first Peter five, eight through 11, uh, which talks about, you know, Satan be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, lion seeking someone to devour, resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering that are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you to him be the dominion forever and ever. And so I think about Thyatira and I think about our culture and I think uh, it's getting more and more um, difficult to resist him socially and you know for the people in Thyatira you know they're worried about their security you know nowadays if you've spoken out against um thing like to take your example from earlier homosexuality um or uh, transgenderism or you know gender identity all of that stuff if you've spoken out against it and you're in the corporate world and it's been seen, they'll investigate you. You could lose your job. Um, if you're, you know, a celebrity, God forbid you've said anything on Twitter sphere because <laughs> they're going to come for you and can- and cancel you. Right. I've and seen, so you uh, lose your life, your livelihood. Yeah. I've seen yeah. regular guys mention some, uh, one guy who used to be a homosexual, no longer a homosexual, um, and is going to seminary, you know, he felt called to be a pastor, but he was also um, working in uh, real estate. And he had been making some YouTube videos about um, scripture, about homosexuality, and about his journey out of homosexuality, and his uh, faith in Christ, and how he's happily married uh, to his wife now. And 
and he got fired um, and they were even threatening to revoke his um, real estate license, right? They said, you can't work for right. our real estate company having these views. Um, but I was, so, you know, so we have a question of security, right? Well, Neil, I was thinking about that, but also what about not just security, but additional knowledge or additional um, comfort or additional secrets I mean, because here he says, um, and I say to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold to this teaching, who haven't known the so-called secrets of Satan, as they say, I'm not putting any other burden on you. A lot of this comes from our desire for more. Um, Mm. And so if lack of contentment. Yeah. So like you won't get promoted here unless you wear um, a rainbow badge or you won't get. Um, extra training because we don't, mm-hmm. you know, we're, you know, we don't, we don't like your views. And, and are we willing to make that sacrifice? Um, are mm. we willing to miss out right um, on mm-hmm. the, the newest Netflix show because of their portrayal um, of certain things? And man, this is tough. It's not, you know, it's not easy. What they're dealing with here in Thyatira um, probably is, livelihood is livelihood. And, um, so, mm-hmm. man, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, there's comfort. There's there's true comfort. Before we kind of land this plane here, Matt, in verse twenty five through the end, I want to bring up this this weird thing people throw around a lot from Revelation: the mark of the beast. Right? <laughs> what the heck is the mark of the beast? Everybody's looking for it. Do you have it on you? Um, right. right. It's on it's on Matt's forehead. Did you know you it was the vaccine? That's the yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. So, but so what is the mark of the beast? At least in this context. Well, what we know from this time frame, this time period, is that John, uh, the apostle John, is pushing against the propaganda of Emperor Dom, uh, Domitian or Domitian. Yeah. Um, in this time, to in, when you enter a city, you had to bow down before the imperial idol, in this case, Domitian, uh, to receive a mark that would enable you to shop and trade in the Agora, in the city square where the market was. So this mark of the beast will lead you to compromise and it will lead you to not worshiping Jesus. And so in this case, with the the artisans of Thyatira, the Christian tradesmen of Thyatira, what what they're faced with here is a question about will they compromise or not. And what Jesus exhorts them to, and what Jesus exhorts us to, is to not compromise. But verse twenty five says, "Hold fast, only hold fast." what you have until I come. Hold fast to me. Um, I will restore your security. All of the right things that you long for, they are found in me. Hold fast until I come. Trust me uh, and obey me. Don't compromise. Right? So in this case, you know, guys, we're headed towards a social persecution. Um, Maybe it's just relational right now, but this is the direction of our, of our culture and it's nothing new. 
it's it's something people have struggled with believers have struggled with since since uh you know <laughs> Jesus walked this earth and so and long before that with the people of Israel so this is nothing new so what are we to do we are to hold fast to the one who has conquered death right who restores security and and will provide for you manna from heaven when you're in the wilderness um not making any money right because you're not in the promised land um or not in a guild he will provide and he, a lot of times he uses the church body to do this with one another so I implore you to be an authentic community in your local church all the more because of this kind of stuff. You know so, what I'm saying? So Neil, what does success look like? Um, and I'm just going to answer it because it's really more a question that I wanted to answer. So success looks like, Hey and, Matt, Matt, what do you think yeah, success looks like? <laughs> You'll ask me what success looks like. Uh, 26 says, and the one who conquers and who keeps my works to the end, I will give him authority over the nations. Mm -hmm. uh, just as I have received this from my father, I will also give it to the morning star. Right. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Mm -hmm. Victory is holding on um, to yeah. Christ, to his works. Right. Not to our own works, not to our own ability, uh, but, but grasping, enduring to the end. Uh, we see so mm -hmm. many passages... Uh, about you know he who endures to the end will receive eternal life and um, if you stay with me you'll get it and and so so much so much of our victory is enduring um, enduring mm -hmm. through this life and, and keeping our eyes focused on Christ and and that's an encouragement to me when things go bad honestly yeah I think too I would I would just add victory <laughs> isn't just about survival either. It's about Christ himself and his gospel. Like, let us not be foolish and think, oh, Jesus is just calling us to hang on. No, 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 no. He's calling you to rest in him. The victory is in him. We're to hold fast to him. It's not just about surviving each day. Right. Which we're, we do. We're not to we, take our talents and bury them in the ground. Right. right. We're supposed We're to not, use our money to invest in, uh, use mm -hmm. our time uh, as an investment. That's right. Yeah, we we invest in in this, in the Shema, right? The Lord our God, the Lord is one. We shall love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and might, and love our neighbor as ourselves. This is what we are to do. This is the gospel of Jesus that makes it all glorious, that he died for our sins, paid a debt we could not pay, and declares us righteous when we place our faith in him and turn from our sins. And so this is what victory looks like in Jesus. So we can hold fast to him. Don't look for your security in the world, but find your security in Christ, who is the conqueror, uh, who is the one with the bronze feet and the fire eyes, right? The son of God. <laughs> right. Um, it, and it's real easy for us to, you know, want to isolate, pull back, um, and, you know, make your own weird commune thing and only deal with Christians. And that's not what God calls us to either. Mm -hmm. So I think those are the extremes that we have to wrestle with and, uh, and, and navigate around. Um, it is a narrow path, right? 
um, but hear the word of Christ and obey him and walk in righteousness. Uh, Matt, you got any uh, save rounds? No, I think you got it, man. I think you nailed it. Well, guys, we appreciate you guys listening in on this episode of the Gospel Lifeline podcast. Until next time, Matt and